this property we're damn good too but you can't be any geek off the street gotta be handy with the steel if you know what i mean earn you keep mount up mount up it is the daily ticket fox sports ready to gambler jam-packed studio kitties we got gerald colton we got john jansen Myself, I am Sean Brace, and what a weekend it was. So much going on around the sports world. Uh, golf down there in, uh, in South Carolina, the RBC, went to a playoff, a three-hole playoff. Uh, Jordan Spieth, man, whew, bad luck there by Jordan Spieth. Fitzpatrick ended up coming out on top, so you might add that. There was some UFC. Uh, there was so much going on. But, you know, the top of the list, and we were just joking behind the scenes about the NHL and Stanley Cup playoffs and all that. It's unfortunate the Flyers uh, aren't good this year and haven't been good for quite some time. But, you know, we'll get into a little bit more of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Look, this is NBA. This is Major League Baseball, especially when you had a hot team like the Phillies and, and what they did last year and started out this season a little slower than than what was expected for a lot of people out there. And, of course, the NFL draft right around the corner. And uh, the big news item of the day, Jalen Hurts got paid. But also behind that, the Phillies ended up canceling their game this evening due to snow out there in Chicago. They'll join us right now, as he will, every single Monday moving forward. He is our go-to for all things Phils and the MLB. Mr. Luke Arcaney from TheLibertyLine.com is on the Gambler Hotline right now as we speak. Luke, good afternoon. How was your weekend, sir? Good afternoon. It was good. Nice, relaxing weekend. Got some nice Phillies wins over the weekend. It was good. How was yours? It was good. It was, yeah, it was good as well. And, and you know, that's what it's all about. I, I enjoy the wins. But you know what I don't enjoy? The 13 nothing beatdowns. How? Other than you're going to tell me it's 162 and these things happen throughout the course of a, a regular season. But... Like, does it concern you? Does it, does it, does something stand out? How does a team that's better than the Cincinnati Reds lose 13 to nothing and then the next day followed up with the beatdown that we saw on Sunday? Yeah, I think once you go down like that, um, I think you kind of have to realize that the loss is coming. And I think that's kind of what happened to both the Phillies and the Reds this weekend. Um, I don't think that. Listen, once you're down 8 9 nothing, and when it's like the 5 or 6th inning, I don't really think many teams are like truly, even though obviously you want to win every game, no teams are, are going to be throwing out their best relievers and it's stuff true. like that. So I think the Phillies were sort of throwing in the white flag um, once they once they were down, well, I think they were down 8 or 9 nothing in the 4th inning. Yeah. Um, but then the same thing happened to the Reds the next day. The bats were hot. Um, they had 23 hits. Um, every starter had an RBI. They had a really good day at the plate. Um, definitely one of their, if not uh, their best um, all-around game of the year. I thought Nola looked a lot better than he has. He obviously still didn't look extremely up to par, I don't think, but I think he's that was definitely his best um, outing so far this year. Yeah, that was a big one because you didn't want him to go winless in all those starts. So it was, it was yeah. a big deal to have him come out there and, and perform. And again, 
as you just pointed out, the, the final scores will dictate a lot of that. So I, there's no concern. It's a long season, as I said as well. But it was funny. Just you know, you sit down and one game is over before you even can get settled in, and then followed up the next day it goes the other way, and the Phils ended up smashing the Reds. More of that though, fourteen to three. You know what was surprising after the weekend? Lo- love to get your thoughts from the four games that we saw since the last time we saw, or last time we spoke. But I did see some stats on my timeline that really caught my attention. This offense isn't as bad as what people are making it out to be. Again, we're having these conversations, and we know that these seasons take forever. But Bob Wankel from Crossing Broad does a great job. Phil's right now through 16 games, first in batting average, second in OPS, third in OBP, uh, second in slugging, first in doubles, first in triples. They're tied for 14th, so it runs per game. That's those are pretty good offensive numbers, correct? Yeah, I mean, I mean, whenever you lead the league in batting average, I think you're probably going to score a good amount of runs, right? I mean, they are they're second in in bases. They're they're very high up in triples. Uh, they're just they're hitting the ball, and I, and I think we see that with the individual player stats. But I think we've seen that in the good games that they play. Is they're not really winning games right now, like one nothing, two to one, like. Their wins, they're they're smashing the baseball, um, and I think that's a big part of obviously Bryson Stott, who's mm-hmm. still on a historical hit streak. He's he's now up to sixteen games. Um, Brandon Marsh looks like a complete one eighty from what he ever looked like before he was in Philly. Um, Let's been, stop there because should he be so, starting every game? I know it's yeah, a I mean, lefty there's, pitcher, there's right? A, there's, there's, there's not a doubt in my mind. I, I don't think there's a doubt in anyone's mind um, that he should be starting every day, maybe other than Rob Thompson. I was going to say, Topper. Um, Topper's but, the guy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, and I, I think we've seen that probably the last three games. I think he started the last three games now. Um, and I think, obviously, obviously it's, it's harder for a team that wants to contend and win a championship to be able to do experiments with players. And I think, obviously, it's very early in the season. I think if there's a time to do it with Pashi, it, it, it's obviously now compared to August, September. Um, but with the way Marsh is hitting, you, there's just absolutely not a single reason to not have him in the lineup every day. JT Romuto, again, hot-button topic. We've been discussing his start, and um, we came back to what we were, you know, we went back to last season where he had a little bit of a sluggish start. End of his second half, big time run for for JT Romuto. But your thoughts on what we're seeing so far from the catcher? Yeah, so I know last time we talked, he was very, very much um, having a hard time hitting the ball at the plate. But he's over his last three games, he has uh, he has six hits, mm-hmm. he has three doubles, he has three RBIs. Um, he's he's definitely hitting a lot better. His average is up to two fifty nine now. Um, on the year, I believe. No, that is false. I'm sorry. Uh, yes, yes. His average up to 259 now. When he was down almost at 200 near the end of the Miami series, um, so he's he's been hitting the ball a lot better recently. And and another player that I know we talked about that likes to get off the slow starts is uh, Kyle Schwarber, and he's been hitting the cover off of the baseball the last few games. Um, he has. He has two hits, zero hits, two hits, one hit. Uh, he's loading up on doubles. He has two home runs over his last five games. He's he's ripping in RBIs, and he's not striking out as much, um, which is something big with Schwarber. He's been he's been at least putting the ball in play a lot more than Kyle Schwarber has in the past. 
Uh, he only had one strikeout in uh, his last four games against the Reds. Um, so that's obviously something to keep an eye on. I think him limiting his strikeouts, because obviously we know he he was on a tear last year, right? He hit 46 home runs in the regular season, but he was also striking out a ton. Um, but I think maybe he's starting to maybe sort of not strike out as much, and I think that would be a big a big improvement for this offense with him obviously hitting in that 3 all right now. All right. Well, tonight's game got canceled. There's no issues there with that one. Plenty to watch or look around as far as the league is concerned, including the Angels and Sox, which I believe went through multiple... Uh, tarps, tarp coming out in the field. Now they resume play. They're back in action. It's five to three in the ninth oh, inning. Are. Yeah, they just started, Great. ran it right back. That's a long day at the ball yard up there uh, for the folks in Boston. But I'm sure nobody uh, is minding that. All right. Um, from the Phillies' perspective, again on to the next. They they go out to take on the White Sox. What should we be paying attention uh, over the next few games? as they're taking on a decent White Sox squad. Uh, we know that they got some starting pitching. I think that they were a little bit better as far as offensively was concerned in years past. But uh, And there was a lot of expectations with that franchise. But uh, for an early series here for the Phillies, uh, taking on the AL White Sox, what should we be on the lookout for? Uh, yeah, so we were expected to get Lance Lynn tonight. Uh, I believe he still will pitch tomorrow. And then... Uh, uh, we're going to see Mike Clevenger Wednesday night, and we'll get Lucas Giolito. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you say his yep. name. Um, on Tuesday, uh, the game number two on Tuesday. Um, yeah, I mean, biggest thing right now, White Sox. Uh, Luis Robert. He's been he's been hitting really good. He has eleven RBIs on the year. Um, obviously, you always have to look out for Tim Anderson. Uh, Yasmani Grandal can hit. Um, so yeah, I mean, they have guys hitting. I think they're going to be a lot better team. Then their records show now. Uh, I think they're kind of in the same boat as the Phillies with some growing pains that are just early in the year. They're happening to a lot of the teams around the league. I don't. I don't necessarily think the the Phillies are the, are the only team that are struggling necessarily in the standings. I mean, the Houston Astros are fourth in the AL West. Got smashed last night. I don't. I don't think anyone really expects them to finish fourth in the AL West by once we get to August September. Um, but yeah, so I mean. The big notable ones uh, for the White Sox are obviously uh, like Luis Robert. Yeah. That's that's their big bat right now. All right. Again, Phillies with the night off. I'm sure that those boys will be happy uh, to get a little bit of a break there as um, leaving Cincinnati and getting into Chicago. And I'm sure it's a great city to uh, have a little bit of a night off there. So we'll see what happens tomorrow when uh, play resumes again for the Phillies. As far as over the weekend is concerned, yeah, you – you brought up last night's game with the Houston Astros and, and or uh, what the Astros have looked like, and yeah, again, that's a team that has championship aspirations. Been there, done that, year after year after year. Great starting pitching, really good offensive lineup. And did they get blanked last night? I think they did. I was actually looking at their. Oh, they they got one run. They scored a run. I think in probably the eighth or ninth inning. Uh, I was actually looking at their team total. I'm glad I did not fire on that one, but. Uh, two weeks early into this season so far, maybe a little bit, two and a half, three weeks, whatever it may be. Uh, what is one of the surprises that you're looking at around the league, especially after the weekend that we just consumed? Um, I really think the Twins are playing really good baseball right now. 
Um, I love the Twins. And the Rangers have, have started off uh, a lot better than I think people expected. Obviously, we met up with the Rangers in the first series, but they've, they've had guys that have really been, been helping them. I mean, uh, um, they have, what, one, two, three, four guys hitting over 300. They're hitting the ball really good right now. Uh, their pitching has been better than I think people expected. I think it was expected for them to have a an okay pitching staff, but I think obviously if you don't really look at ERA, see, it's hard to look at ERA, I think, very early in the season just because one – one bad game can really yeah. mess up your whole ERA. Yep. Um, but I think they have guys that are throwing really well for them right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I would say the Rangers, and I think probably the most standout team that's not having a good start, in, oh, for sure, be the Astros. Yeah, well, you know, some uh, surprising results. But again, the story of these conversations is we are early into the year here, but one of those series that caught my attention, I was on the right side the first game. Second game got bit in the backside where they scored two in the bottom of the ninth to take the victory, ripped it right out of my hands. And then yesterday, I almost fired on the Cubbies again, and I just stayed pat, and they ended up winning. They should have swept the L.A. Dodgers in L.A. all three games. They did not. But the Cubs, talk to me a little bit about the Cubs right now. They went out and brought a lot of new players in. Um, pitching staff is okay I don't know. What should our expectations be for the Cubbies? And on the flip side of that, the Dodgers. Are you concerned with the Dodgers right now? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I think going into the year, I don't think I expected the Dodgers to be as good uh, Hmm. uh, just because they obviously lost some pieces. Um, But I think that I think they'll be fine in the end. I think they'll be maybe pushing a little harder to get into the playoffs than they have been in the past. Um, And I think the Cubs, they're just kind of clicking on all, just just all around right now. Um, I know I I had a talk with John Jansen uh, about a week before the season started, and I know he was very high on the Cubs, and I was kind of on the opposite side of that. But I think they've just been playing playing really good. I mean, um, they obviously got Dansby in the off season, and he's been killing it for them so far. He's hitting yeah. three sixty on the year. Um, they just had a lot of guys that are all doing their job. Uh, I think they took a flyer on uh, Cody Bellinger, which is something that I was very adamant about the Phillies possibly doing, and obviously they didn't. Um, but I think he's playing really good, which is a big part for them, having another outfielder out there every day. Um, yeah. And, I mean, I just think that they're they're playing good enough baseball to stay around. And, obviously, it's still really early, but I think they're going to be a a sneaky team that can definitely – make a run towards the end of the year to get into the playoffs. Obviously, I still think the Brewers right now obviously are the best team in that division, sitting at 11-5. I think the Cardinals are kind of in the same boat right now as the, the Astros and the Phillies. I think the Cardinals are a really good team. I think they're just going through that that early season um, just days, I think. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely going to be a decision to, to look out for once we get to August, September. You have the Cardinals, the Cubs, and the Brewers that are all going to be fighting for a uh, for a playoff spot. Yep, yeah, and for us here, as far as the NL East is concerned, Braves and Mets both swept over the weekend. A lot of money to be made on that Braves team right now, and uh, anyone that fired on the Mets, nice work there, but I was all over the Braves versus the Royals. Um, Luke, 
Tomorrow, 4.10 p.m. first pitch is when I am seen on DraftKings Sportsbook. Phillies are a minus 135 favorite. Seven and a half is your total there. So all eyes will be on that game. As always, we'll continue to read you over at thelibertyline.com. Arcaney Luke. Last name first, first name last. Arcaney Luke is where you can find him on socials. He is our Philadelphia Phillies insider. All things MLB go to Luke. Enjoy Sixers game two this evening. We'll catch up later this week and talk some more MLB and, of course, Phillies, man. Always a pleasure. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. Boom. There he is, Luke Arcaney on the Gambler Hotline. Uh, Gerald, I just look at the, you know, just, I go off of my gut, right? Go off my vibes. And I settled in on Saturday and there wasn't much there. And it just was a beat down. And then yesterday I'm like, all right, you know, from the gambling standpoint, it's like, I, I don't have confidence in this team to hit send on a wager, you know, cause I just don't know what team is going to show up. It's ultimate Jekyll and Hyde, 13 nothing. And then what was it, 14 to one yesterday? Whatever the final score was, 23 hits. They were a small favorite yesterday, like a minus 120. And by the end of the first inning, they were minus 5,000. So <laughs> <laughs> they kind of took away. Everybody <laughs> hits. <laughs> I love that T Mac was throwing out runners in scoring position stats. Like, dude, come on, man. They just batted around like it was Bugs Bunny. Like, <laughs> relax here. But I do like their lineup, Sean, and I, I, I he's been tinkering with it a little bit. But I like Stott. Now's the time. I like Stott at the top of it. I like Turner second. Harper, when he comes back, is definitely your third. Then you got Schwarber, who I think is a cleanup hitter. And then you've got Baum and, and Real Muto. And and Cassiano's been okay. Yeah. And then Marsh has been good. I mean, and then Sosa, whoever at the bottom. That is that is a pretty darn good lineup. Now, we haven't had it all together and they haven't all hit at the right times at the same times, but I'm okay with where they are right now. He, you know, he, as he just said that it was the best outing from Nola yesterday. Still wasn't great, no. but but you take them out with a nine nothing lead. So, so expectations are yeah, um, tough. It, it, it's coming around a little bit, but um, they got to kick it in gear because it's early, but it's not so early. I mean, they're they're ten percent through the season right now. Braves and Mets. That's why they got to kick it in gear. Because those two are in gear. The Braves, Braves are in gear. Braves are in gear. Yeah. They Braves. might be the best team in baseball. And we went into the season knowing that Not the gonna argue that very well could finish third in their division still. And, and the early part of the season says that that's very possible. And you don't want to have to go through the same thing you did last year. No. Where you got to win the first series on the road and you're you know on the road for everything. So it's not a, it's not a safe way to play it and it's a, it's a bad start. But um, I'm somewhat confident that they're going to get in gear a little bit right now. All right, uh, a lot going on in the world of baseball. We got some great series coming up, and one that MLB is uh, all good found one. Agent Nicole Lynn, she's on everybody's timeline. Supposedly, she dropped him a DM too, Gerald. Did you see that story? She dropped a DM to whom? That's how she ended up getting. G- Again, these are things that are. I don't know if this was in a a report or if this was an article or this was on the timeline, but I definitely saw a tweet that she, the agent of Jalen Hurts. As he was going in, I believe after the Senior Bowl, she shot him a DM Listen. and said, "Hey, do you have an agent? How could I compete in this industry when she looks like she does?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it used to be. I mean, it used to be an extremely sexist 
world and sports. And it, unfortunately, it's changing. And, and yes. I respect it. And there's some wonderful ladies in the agent world right now. But um, he wouldn't have answered my no, DM. No, he would never have answered <laughs> your DM. Yeah, exactly that. No, and you know what? Good for her. And it's exactly it's how it goes now. It's 2020s. Yeah, you got to work with it. You know, there's, there's so many opportunities that you can create for yourself. And even here in the sports media world, sure. my goodness. You know, when I went to go get recognized... You know, that's the wrong word. When I went to go try and, and get an opportunity with, with the radio station that will remain nameless, I delivered a pizza with my resume on top. You know, that's the stuff that you, you had to think outside the box. Now, you just got to come up with something crafty on the timeline. It could catch everybody's attention. Pizza could still work. <laughs> you know, delivered a pizza? <laughs> yes, I did. Pepperoni? What'd you have? Yeah, uh, what, 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 pizza? Always, oh, always like a, Domino's? Or always what? a pepperoni, okay. and, and no, it was um, on Main Street. Uh, couch couch <laughs> tomato. Nice. Okay. Big pizza. Delivered that in, and I didn't... So that's what I gotta do. And I'll tell Deliver you right, a plate of wings or something with my uh, my resume? And it didn't even make it past... The, knowing what I know about Sports Talk Radio and food and radio in general... That thing didn't make it to who it was supposed to make it to. That was at the reception, and then the interns ate it, and next thing you know, the resume probably ended up in the trash. But, Sean, it's a great point for anyone who wants to break into the sports industry, though. You can do it. It used to be you had to get hired by someone. Yep. Now you can do your own blog. You can do your own podcast. And you can make a name New for yourself. Videos. Some, some of the top guys in the sports world started that way. Yeah. I mean, Florio, Florio had a blog site that was Pro Football Talk, and it, it became sort of the... Um, guilty pleasure of NFL people because he'd get leaked certain stuff and it was really low level writing and things like that and then he winds up selling it for tens of millions of dollars he's a recognized NBC sports person now perfect example and and then and, and, and those opportunities are there you got to be creative you got to be hard working and you know willing to make it happen yeah and congratulations to her and her client 179 million guaranteed now does she get a piece of the whole contract 255 generally what happens is you you can only get paid as they earn their money so whatever signing bonus in generally it's three percent i don't know what their deal is it's a max of three percent so she could be getting three percent of 255 million over the next five years does she take jalen hurts out tonight or does jalen take her out as 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 workers, don't confuse that. I meant it as who's buying dinner. Listen, I always preferred paying for my clients. Nice. It was sort of a cost of doing business. Yeah, except when people like Jerry they eat, <laughs> they eat a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry's so generous. But, but yeah. in general, you you want to take care of your clients and celebrate. Look, because here's what happens: first year, he's all excited. He gets this deal and Huge. everything. But now that deal's locked in. And as an agent, it almost becomes an annuity over these next five years because you're going to get, so let's say, let's say it's 50 million a year type money. Well, you're going to be getting, quick math on that is, um, is, it's a lot of money. Don't look at me, Frank. Don't look at me. You know me Wait, better than that. Math is not my forte. No, over here. It, it, uh-huh. it, it, it is mine. I'm struggling here for a second. It's well, five hundred thousand is one percent of that. So you get one point five per year if he's making fifteen. You're getting three percent, and you got to make sure you still have value added after that point standpoint. Because the irony is, the best deals, the biggest deals, are often not the hardest to negotiate. I'm sure they weren't that far apart from the start. There's probably not that much that went into this thing. So then when you write a check for 1.5 every year, you better be adding a lot, a lot of value. And, and that's, that's all. And I always took responsibility as an agent to do because sometimes you might not be doing that next deal. 
That's great insight right there. That's tremendous. Love it, Gerald. I'm so glad that you're here today. Of course, on a huge day for the Eagles, huge day for the NFL, huge day for our starting quarterback, Jalen Hurst, getting way, a new deal. And, and we've got the TV on in the background. I just saw a scroll across the bottom. I've forgotten the exact number like this, but that Lamar Jackson turned down five years, $250 million in September. Reportedly. And I don't... I, clearly, he was offered something by Baltimore, and that's why... I want to get into this conversation okay. on the other side, though. I, no, I'm, I just want to stop you there. I'm because going, I'm going to stop. I'm going to bring up... It's your show. Other, no, that's all right. <laughs> so that's what I want to do. The other side, we got a little bit of a window here before the 5 o'clock hour. I want to bring up Lamar Jackson, because I want to know, what is your read right now? And, and of course, from afar, Gerald, we all have to be thinking the same thing. He's He's paid already if he had an agent. I know you stand by that. Very much so. How can you not look at it like that at this point in time? So I'm curious, where does it stand now? There's some rumors out there. The Ravens are, are leaking some numbers. Um, would he have made anywhere close to this? There's so much as far as Lamar Jackson, that conversation. I want to get into the NFL. Then I want to bring it back to the MLB as well. And there's a little twofer. It's very unfortunate, but 10 years ago today or this weekend, it was 10 years ago the Boston Marathon bombing took place. And it is just, uh, it, it, it really, like, at that point in time, you know, it, it hurt. But more and more over the years and, and knowing what we know, it, it's just so many people were hurt. We, people lost their lives. A young boy lost his life, eight years old. Um, and we're learning more and more every single year. And of course, like these, these great stories come out of, uh, out of these tragedies. And ESPN rolled out one yesterday that had me a puddle. Tom Ronaldo. No, it wasn't Tom Ronaldo. It was, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Conley, I think. He was the voice. It was incredible. There's a young boy that lost his life at the Boston Marathon bombing. And, um, I did not know half of the details. And also, in 2013, the Red Sox won the World Series. That was the year that the Boston Marathon took place with the bombing. Uh, Shane Victorino is a guy that we know very well in this town. He was a big piece to the Red Sox puzzle when they won the World Series. On Sunday, I was watching the Red Sox and Angels play, and they were showing, they were giving tribute to that team. And they had all those guys, Pedroia, come up to the booth and tell stories. And Victorino came up and told a story, and my jaw was on the floor, and I did not know any of this, and maybe you didn't know either because we don't live in Boston. I'd love to share that story about Shane Victorino and the impact that he had on everybody in that city, in that state. And, of course, anybody that was a Red Sox fan, you know that strat that uh, goes coast to coast. So I'll give that to you on the other side. A lot more to cook up here. It's the Daily Ticket jam-packed show with Gerald Colton. John Jansen's somewhat quiet. He's, he's still dealing with a little bit of a wedding hangover. Right, oh, definitely. Rightfully so. Definitely. When your brother gets married, you better be hungover oh, on yeah. Monday. Yeah. Late nights. Um, because I, our family, too, it's not just one day. It was the whole weekend of festivities that just never ended. So, yeah, it's it was the old lot. man behave himself. Yes, he did. Was he cutting a rug out on the floor? No, he was not. He was not. <laughs> well, you said the music was incredible. Any any showstoppers with all that talent in the room? Yeah, my so my brother does. Um, I think it's Meatloaf. He does the the, the oh, Meatloaf geez. song. It's like a duet. Yeah, and, uh, they do that. The yeah, Bad out of hell. He, yeah, I, I think it might be that. Paradise in the Dashboard Light. They're, yeah, some one of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let me sleep on it. Yes. Yeah, and Wait, that was that's got Phil Rizzuto wow. on. That was amazing. <laughs> Crushed the Hall of Fame great baseball call. player and announcer for the Yankees. Uh, some play by play in there. That's hey, amazing. We got a lot to do. Other side, we're gonna get it all in. Trust me, don't go anywhere. More daily ticket after this.